Thank you for being here. You're here on a special day, I'll tell you that. Why is it not working, Jonesy? <laughs> they don't want to be locked into a, a house or an apartment. Got to follow the social distancing rule. And some nuff dicks were getting tested, they're going in and doing a shop. <laughs> COVID. I had it. Detective so, George Bennett. Yeah, he's a ballin, absolutely. George, don't say hello to you. Like, I don't know, I'm, I'm actually genuinely embarrassed. I broke my back. A vertebrae or, or well, a portion? Spinal. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> Josie, just do that. Do that thing where you just put Bill's talking. Let me see I can hear him first. Hey, boys, welcome back hey boys. to another ep. What's happening? How are we? How are well, we? Um, just on our intro, people that just listened to that, I lost a bit the other day because um, Caitlin was saying, yeah, that's Billy Joel. We didn't start the fire. So no, it's yeah. not. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is, isn't it? Yeah, it's the instrumental. Yeah. It's just the um, guitar and the drums. Mm. It's just such a like tinny... I mean, it's... It's a terrible start to the song. I mean, it it, it it gets better, obviously, but it's just a bad way to start. Alabama like, we were talking about this the other day, Bills. We should write a jingle. George, yeah. you can play the axe. Why don't you yeah, write can... a social distance podcast song? Yeah, we'll read it the intro. Um, actually, it was probably about, when was it, do you reckon, me and you were doing the duets down in Barcelona? Yeah, five years ago. You could, get, you could you write the lyrics, do the chords, send it to Nathan Haas. We got ourselves a tune, boys. <laughs> yeah. Get some jing- we we should write our own jingle for the show. Welcome to hmm. the social distance podcast where we talk so much that we don't do any research and we don't know anything. Yeah. So what, what's been going on? You had a few dramas, you say, Bills? Oh, I had a prick of a day, mate. Prick of a day. Yeah, we don't. I did say we weren't going to use the c word on the show, and I won't. But it was one of those days. Uh, yeah, I had to get to Andorra yesterday. Did a good training ride in the morning. Went to get in my car at about four o'clock in the Arvo. Be up here by dinner. Windows been smashed. Cars been broken into. They stole everything I had in there. Um, a set of sunglasses and an iPhone cable. So they're gone. Long gone. Spent two hours what, at the coffee shop. What sort of glasses George. were they? What sort of glasses? Bolles, Ray Bans. They were Scots. I just. I just saw a guy walking down the street um, with some Scots on. Did he have an iPhone yeah. cable hanging out his back pocket? Yeah, yeah, that's what he was. He was swinging an iPhone cable when he had <laughs> broke the cut on his hand. Oh. I wonder if I should have. So anyway, the car broke. Car was broken. I couldn't drive up here with a smashed window. I had to go to the cop shop, reporter, do all the insurance crap. George is there, give me a hand, which was which was nice. Very nice. I really did appreciate it. Then he oh, let me so. borrow, borrow his car. I drove his car up here last night. Got stuck in a bloody roadworks for 45 minutes. Nearly had to take a two-hour detour. Got to Am Andorra I under about- any surprises on, in terms of letters in the mail after you drive my car? No, mate. I, I sorted you out today. I went because um, I'm moving into George's apartment um, because he's moved out. So that's all done, mate. I went to the commune today for you. I deregistered your address and re-registered you in your new place. Registered myself in your place. Deregistered myself in my old place. Jesus. Um, checked all those boxes. That's why I had to be up here today because I had to be at a nine thirty appointment to do all that crap. So I was sort of fretting a bit yesterday afternoon when I had a broken car window and no remember, iPhone came. Remember when I um, had those dramas at the airport because of Novi and he had me scooter? Yeah. <laughs> 
So I I sold my scooter to Archibald, right? And I'm flying in for my last ever race, the Vuelta. I get to the um, passport checkpoint and she scans up, never had any dramas, and she scans it and goes, doot, doot. Thinking, are they, are they good? Doot, doots. Yeah. <laughs> like, you always know oh, the infliction, though. You know if it's like, <laughs> Yeah, and I'm thinking, is that, yeah, is that for like long travel service? Like, oh, so you've got an upgrade to, I don't know, he's a Macca's voucher. But uh, she looked at me and she goes, ooh, ooh. And I was like, what, what? And, you know, I'd sort of been, going a, bit been a bit rogue for a few years now. I didn't. I wasn't like an official resident or anything. I used to do a lot of trips to Australia. Anyway, uh, and she goes, oh, sir, you you were required to be in court. I said, what? She goes, yeah, you are meant to be in court and uh, you didn't turn up. So you might want to get that sorted. And then she goes, if you don't get it sorted, she did this. She goes, okay, <laughs> well, well, what is that? And she goes, she has jail, like cuffed. <laughs> so I remember going through customs, getting my bags, and I just remember feeling sick, thinking, what the hell is going on? And she said, you know, you got to talk to the local judge in Toronto. Long story short is Novi was meant to register, like when I sold him the scooter, I gave him the paperwork. I said, oh, you know, sign it over to your name. He goes, yeah, yeah, no worries, mate. He never did. So then it was parked out the front, and someone's come around drunk, Hit the scooters. They've all cleaned it, like eight scooters in a row. Mine was the last one, or Novi's. And then they've tried to um, issue compensation. So they wanted me to go to court to say, hey, this guy crashed your um, scooter. You know, give him some money. But for about three weeks there, I'm thinking, and I'm They were trying to give you money. They're trying to give me money. <laughs> oh, mate. You're so, the first guy in history to end up in jail for. for Fed you been in jail thing. and they go, yeah, no, someone crashed into my scooter. They want to give me money, but I wasn't there to receive it, so they locked me up. <laughs> I, I feel like the Spanish love an overreaction to um to like admin things or to, to especially to like oh. cars and stuff. So I had was it last year? I remember this. This I got a ring on the door and so I was like, he's like George Bennett. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a package. And he comes up and say, like, you George Bennett? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, and he didn't have a package in his hand. And I was like, oh, this is weird. What do you want? He's like, show me. No, 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 nothing. Just show me your ID. I was like, why? What do you want? He said, no, I need to see your ID. This is a random guy. No, nothing. And I was it's like, like, all right. So I, I was like, oh, I'm going to show my ID because i got no idea. As soon as he saw my ID, took, takes a photo of my ID. I was like, okay, this is weird. Give me my ID back. Pulls his bag out. Undoes this like magnetically... Scan, you know, he's got, strip thing, he's and I was got Scott weird. Scott glasses in it. iPhone <laughs> <laughs> what's going on here? And he he summons me with this subpoena thing. And I was like, you, you know, this is this real efficient thing, and you have to when you open it, it set off a a signal that it had been opened. You know, so you have now received this. Yeah, right. And I was like, geez, what's this? And I open it up, and it's this fine, this huge fine for. Ten thousand euros or something, and I was like, "Oh, what is this?" And there was just nothing on it. It just said, "You owe this much money." This, and it was from the from like the tributaria, which is actually like a tax agency. And I was like, "What the hell is this?" I'm, I'm not, you know. And um, we looked into it for a long time, and we took it to all these offices and stuff, and they're like, "Yeah, but it doesn't say what it's for." And it turns out that in my old car four years ago, 
I got a speeding ticket on the day I had like this opera, a day I drove out of an operation. So I just been had surgery and I think I wanted to get home and we were just flooring it through Barcelona and had the speeding ticket. But because I then changed my address, they hadn't, they had they'd been ah. sending this bill. So it was a $160 fine that had acquired a, a new interest. An interest, but plus a penalty of a thousand euros and things every year that you didn't pay it. And it's just from a speeding ticket. And yeah. they go to this, they made me feel like I was going to jail. I thought, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, oh, this is it. I'm done. I got, I got subpoenaed in Spain once. Had to go to the, did you? Full shin, death, full shindig, mate. Full subpoena. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, just about the lamps. Yeah, it's because I was on Radio Shack 2010. This was in like, this was like five years later. I was on Green Edge. And I, yeah. I, um, I got. I was actually. I was in America doing some racing, and I and I got a call from the real estate agent saying the police have been around to your apartment trying to find you. And I was like, "Wow!" And then I don't know. What, I was like, "I don't know what that's for." Anyway, really forgot about it. And then when it did the Vuelta, came back from the Vuelta, got bloody like real, real crook after Vuelta. I was man down for like a week. Spent all week in bed, barely showered, barely eaten. Like you know, just finally I like, I was like, "Oh, I'm starting to feel a bit better. I'll try go for a ride." Walked outside. It was a Friday morning. Walked outside, and I was like, "I'm sure I had a scooter. Used to have a scooter parked there." And I was like, "Oh well, that's been stolen. What do I expect? You know, fuck. You know, story of my life at, this week. You know. Anyway, so I just, like, I just, I just didn't even react. I was just like, "Oh, well, my scooter's been stolen. I'm just going to carry on with my life and never ever report that and just move on." So I didn't. And then I came back from training. And I got a phone call from these cops, and they're like, "Sandrilla, yep, uh, we're at your, we're at your apartment." I was like. Well, you're not because I'm at my apartment and you're not here. So they were, they'd been going to my old apartment. Anyway, I said, oh, well, I don't live there anymore. I live here. Rah, rah, rah. They said, okay, you need to be at the Guardia Civil, which in Spain is like the, the big dog police. It's the, like the Madrid police, the nationwide police. You need to be at the Guardia Civil office in 45 minutes. Um, and I was before. And they're like, we, we can't tell you. You, you, but you have to be there. You've been subpoenaed. And I was thinking this whole time as well. I was a bit like you, Jones. I was running a bit under the radar with residency sort of stuff at that point. And I was like, fucking hell, I'm going to get booted out of the country. Yeah. And then the, my second thought was, how am I going to get there? My scooter's been stolen, so I'm going to have to walk. And then I turned up and then, yeah, it was because uh, they, they, they at this point, Spain was doing an investigation, a medical investigation into the practices of the Spanish doctors that was, were banned from all that era. Um, and because I was on Radio Shack, those doctors were like, they were on that team at that point and they just wanted to interview me to see if like what I knew of it. And I was like, fuck mate, I got, they're like, oh, well, how much money do you get paid? I said to them, minimum wage. And they're like, oh, well, that's interesting. And then they're like, do you, <laughs> what have you ever been to altitude training camps? I was like, never been to altitude in my life. Do you use altitude tent? Don't even know what that is. You know, like oh, how many races have you done this race before? That, that race, fuck no, I'd, Mate, I'm doing C-grade right. races. Mate, I, I had and, a Cervezo on my cornflakes. Yeah. And then the guy, I don't take this and then, shit serious. And then, then, then the guy's like, uh, okay, so thanks, mate. We just needed to interview you. We're just interviewing you right on the team. Um, you'll get a call from the judge in Madrid um, when, you, when the court case happens, if they if they feel that your information's of any value. But we can um, guarantee you right now that you, you won't hear from us again. You're fine, mate. <laughs> <laughs> mate. I remember the funniest was when I said to Archibald, I confronted him because I was adamant like Archibald has run through a red light or he's driven like recklessly, he's cut off a copper or something. I remember going straight up to him and go, I go, Shane, what have you done? And I remember his face like it was about a 15-second pause <laughs> and his brain's just gone and through he's gone, all he the knows. things that he's done on the scooter going like, 
<laughs> mate, <laughs> mate, if you go that. to jail or if it, if it gets real bad, like I'll have to step in. It's like, yeah, well, no shit. <laughs> no shit. I'm not taking the heat for you, mate. Like, <laughs> imagine him like, in a suit with his mullet in court, like, you know, watching me go down because he's taking out someone on the freeway. Like, no chance. Oh, no. To hey, the, were you, so were Tucson camp, or maybe this was in the, another Kiwi that was riding that the, when they got chased with the. It might have been another team out of one who was in Radio Shack at the time when the. With, um, I think it was with Popovich or something at the time. Um, and they were in the Tucson camp, and it's when they'd first arrived into America, and there was a training camp, Radio Shack training camp. And the same thing happened, but instead of coming to the door, there was a. A full police chase through through Tucson or through through Austin or something. Um, no, it wasn't no, it wasn't you. Okay, no. <laughs> um, oh, there you go. <laughs> hey, have, have we um, we should probably wrap up the worlds a little bit. So we've got. Mm. Well, we did promise Wolf Van Art to come on. Yeah. He's gonna, so he's going to come going to come on for a chat about the worlds, is he, George? Yeah. Um, I'll just just check my messages here. <laughs> yeah, oh. Look, we don't have Walt, actually. We don't have Walt Van Art today. Um, I didn't send a message. So. Mate, you... Uh, and you don't Blue reply to messages. You don't reply to messages. You're your classic two-tick, two-blue-tick Bennett. Like, you'll read it, and then your brain will just go, ah, oh, I'll reply to that in four weeks. Yeah, well, what happens, it's, it's a relevance thing, so I get it. And um, so one of two things happens. Either I get it, and it's... You've sent it in the morning, and I wake up and look at my phone and go, can't even see my phone. You know, I'm looking cross-eyed in the morning. Get up, go riding, come home, and go. Oh, that's not relevant anymore. You know, or it is something that I talk about, and because of um, see Sam every day, we talk about it, and then I sort of get to the point of go, oh, you know, I assume that we've talked about it, but I've actually only talked to him about it, and I haven't, you know, cross-check. I, I'm just not good in a group environment. Um, I'm notoriously bad in um, in WhatsApp groups. I reckon yeah, you're just yeah, bad with people it. in general. You're bad blue with the whole communication it. thing with people in general. I'm sort of detecting a a trend yeah, I here. Am. I'm so, and it's, so to wrap it up, the the basic point of this whole chat right now is you didn't ask Walt to come on or Walt, or however you say his name, to come. So he is not coming on the show. No, but I've I've sent some I've sent out some fishing lines just to to a real big fish who if if we can land it he's currently occupied for the minute but if if he gets I'm not he might not get back to us he's busy in uh, Italy but this will this is a big fish so it'll all, all be right. forgiven if, so he uh, can whoever this big fish is they're in Italy for the Giro so they can give us a bit of a preview and, yeah give us yeah. a preview but I can give you a bit of a rundown of the worlds if you like um, yeah was it as bad as my day yesterday it looked like it. In a nutshell, uh, far worse. Um, do you know what? Do you know what sucks about the worlds when you don't do well, which I've, I, which is generally the way for me. I've never done a good worlds. I mean, when when we rode together, I was seventeenth, I think. Or was I Innsbruck? Something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I've always had a shocker, and it's always because you come off a grand tour. And people talk about this like post grand tour thing, like you get these amazing legs. I just get I'm just tired I'm just so tired and I like the problem is like you do it for your team and you have a bad race it can happen but when you do it in the silver firm you're like right one race a year pulling a national jersey all these guys are mucking and you know it's like family atmosphere you got Craig Dieter New Zealand's equivalent of Carl Pilkington but he's in there he's he's 
organizing everything he's you know and everyone's like extracurricular you know these guys get their paid from their trade teams but then they do it in new zealand team i mean i'm sure there's a bit of you know money involved but they're basically doing it for the love of it and everyone's there to help support you and you just i just got to the start line i was like oh my god i'm so pinned already so cam didn't come out of the tour well and um yeah i started the worlds and i was the leader and we had you know young finn um patty who'd been there for the tt and dion and straight away i said to dion I said mate you gotta look after yourself because I'm, I'm not backing myself here but then then worlds you'd know sam is that it's not necessarily like a hard right it's not like a some stages where you just start full gas and you hang on and then you sort of everyone just ruined at the end and they kind no, of you had, you had the chance to ride into it don't you yeah exactly so after about four laps i thought oh maybe it wasn't actually a hard race it wasn't like like i've done worlds where it is quite hard but this one even on a, such a filthy lap i mean it was a super technical lap up down all the stuff i was expecting it to be far harder you know just the general getting to the final but it was actually it was actually pretty easy and pretty controlled and then with two laps to go i knew i was like oh i'm not i'm not great but i'm 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 gonna be in the race in some some sort of capacity so i like started moving up to the front so i was like i knew i had to go before the good guys go and with the idea that hopefully they'll ride across to me and then i'll be there in the final and we can do a race and i started moving up and i was like i was doing all right dion was there helping to like lap lap and three quarters to go and then all of a sudden like one moment i stopped pedaling circles and just started like noticing i was like had like a bit of a i started humping the bike a bit started doing a bit of squares and then about a k later i was just completely completely empty and about 10k later i didn't know how i was going to finish the lap i was like i'm going to, have to walk up this last hill i was just completely done and then that's the thing with the world's like all those even the class the classics run a similar format sometimes you know sometimes you can have a little bit of a harder start at the classics but then you have this like period in the middle of 150k or whatever before the final starts where it's not like super hard and you don't feel at the time that it's super hard but it's hard enough and they're because the race is you know six and a half seven hours all of a sudden and on a course like especially on the course like anumala last weekend where the climbs are so steep and so hard you think like oh it hasn't been too bad but the moment you get five hours or five and a half hours deep and you have to step on it, you're like, ah, actually, mm. nah, it's been it, real hard. it hasn't been that easy. I'm actually pretty fucked right now. But it's just shit, you know, you swing past a lap and, and I was at the point where I was like, right, I could do another lap and maybe finish, but I probably even couldn't have. I was just like empty. And then you swing off into the pits and, you know, like the New Zealand teams, you swing into your pit and you just go, oh, shit, these boys were working for me. And also... You know, um, no one from us got up in the end, and you just, you just have this like, you just want to hide. You know, you want to crawl into like. Yeah, but into- we we mentioned this last year, uh, last episode. It's twenty twenty. Mm. Just goes fuck it, mm. COVID. COVID. Yeah, COVID. <laughs> yeah, I'm blaming the lockdown. It's a weird, it's a weird world. It's COVID. Don't worry about. It. And so, mate, it was it was a bloody good worlds to watch and deserved winner. I reckon. Oh, did you did you notice, Bills? Because I was on the phone to you mm. with the headphones, and I, the last thirty k's, it's like midnight or twelve thirty here. I'm pinned, right? So I'm on the couch and I'm like nodding off, and I literally a couple of points I fell asleep, and then Bills will go. I don't think they're going to get it, mate. And like I had the AirPods on, so then I wake up and I just have to say something so I didn't want Bill to know I was asleep. So I go, yeah, nah, nah, 
that probably won't get him, eh? And then my eyes would go again. <laughs> and then we'd like, I'd wake up, we'd find more K to go, Bills would just go, geez, he's going. Oh, okay, he's going. I'd wake up, it was the weirdest shit. <laughs> this went on for 15K. I reckon <laughs> I was straight away for 30 seconds. We were, on the, we were on the phone. I recorded, I had a look at my call log after that. It was like two hours and 25 minutes or something. Yeah. I was just lying on the couch with my phone here on speaker. He had his headphones on just watching the race. And we're chatting away about all sorts of things um, for a good part of an hour and a half. And then Jones is like, fuck, I have to have a coffee. I reckon get through this 30K. And then, <laughs> but then like because of the conversation we'd gone on for so long, and at this point we were just both dedicated to watching the race. Yeah, what, what and we committed for so long, yeah. But like... <laughs> There was like moments, of, you know, there was like long moments of silence, like three or four minutes, where we'd just be like both watching the race, and they'll be like, oh, he's a quick descender, though, Alan Philippe. And then Johnny, oh, yeah. Oh, like, oh, yeah, yeah. That was the weirdest shit. But like, fair, fair bloody play. Like, Jesus, to win that on the back, like, he's had a bloody tough tour as well. Um, mm. It's just he doesn't winch, you know, he just wins. But, he, mate, the, like it's it is a difference coming out of the grandy. Although in fairness, the, everybody in that front group all rode the tour, but um, like you know when he attacked on that climb, second to last climb or the last climb, whatever it was, you could just see that everybody was on the absolute like they were pinned. And there was like and and Alaphilippe was getting the old like ah oh, he's pinned as well. And I was like fuck these guys, these four or five guys are just going to go over the top together because there's no way anybody can move here. And then he just he literally jumped put it on the, the big dog. He jumped he out of that drink. group mm. like they were standing still. And, and you just saw the four or five other guys all just went, well, oh, well. Oh. Um, he's gone. Do you know what cracked me a little bit was that um, like the Belgians, because I flew home the next morning, woke up at 4 a.m., get on this plane. And for some reason, there was a bunch of Belgium guys. I was staying at our hotel. They already bailed me up that night before. And also on the plane the next day, Belgian fans, and they didn't know I was behind them. And they were sitting there watching all the replays and the stuff. And they would, you know, and I did get bailed up the night before by the Belgian fans going, yeah, but why the hell didn't Primoz pull for Walt? And I was like, mate, he was swinging on the back. And then he came to the, you know, you go to the front, he would pull. He did everything he could. And then he just, Walt was going so fast on the front of that group that no one could come around. Like, he was just so strong that to get from fifth wheel up to the first wheel is impossible when someone's riding that hard. It's not like you can just go, oh, yeah, I'll just go and pull him back. And so he runs up and arms about it. It's real couch peloton shit, eh? You know, like mm. when sometimes, you know, you're watching races and you're speaking with guys who are just watching, you know, who don't who haven't raced in the sport and they're like, oh, he's cocked up. What's happened there? He's been dropped. Like, what yeah. the hell? You're like, mate, he, mm. he, he, he just can't, he can't follow. Like, sport... In cycling, it's it's physical. It's quite a physical activity. And mm. when we when people get dropped, and I'm well versed in getting dropped. When I get dropped, it's because it's quite simple. I can't I can't stay at that speed anymore. It's too fast for me. So, <laughs> you know what I like about when when you get dropped sometimes is like New Zealand media will go like we were at a race. I remember this article you sent me. It must have been the Vuelta 2018. And it was a stage I did well in, and you rode Crepetto. You just went, you pulled for the first 150k for I think for Simon, and then you went in the Gruppetto, and you finished like 120th or something. And the the article was the main thing was about that I'd done well in the stage, and then at the end they go, 
Sam Jewelry finished in a disappointing 134th. Yeah. <laughs> After you'd had like a ripper of a day pulling all day. But yeah, it was disappointing that you were in 134th. You're like, hey, they, people, they, a lot of people can't. I mean, yeah, sometimes you do like writers like me anyway, or even writers like you, George, if you're in a grand tour and you're working for someone, some days you do sit up. Like, you mm. know, the words, the words sit up. It is relevant at times. Like, you could stay there. You might have to go deep to stay there, but you could, but you don't because tomorrow you've got a job to do. Like we explained last week on the on the show a little bit, you know, but like ultimately when you're racing in the final, um, when Philippe attacked at the world champs there, they didn't let him go. They just couldn't mm. go with him. Physically, they couldn't go with him. Simple as that. But, but I reckon it's a catch-22. Like, on one end, New Zealand fans and reporters, they don't understand the sport, so they'd say, like, yeah, disappointing whatever you finished. But then the Belgies just, just live and breathe this shit. Number yeah. one sport mm. in the country. And they will not get over that for ages. You know? Oh, mate, this, these group of Belgians, and we were staying in a terrible hotel, and they were camping around there. And I walked, I was walking to the room. Obviously, I was gutted with how shit I was. And just, you know, I just frustrated in general that the last five weeks, I just haven't, I haven't been where I was five weeks before it. And I was just pissed off. I was hungry to go in the room. And they're like, oh, come over here, come over here, Bennett, come here. And you're like, oh, pretty punishing, but try not to be an arsehole might end up on that website. Um, and well, we're we're going to get to that later, George. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Remember, this is take two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and, uh, Keep listening, you know, so folks. You just suffer it out. <laughs> but they were sitting there, and they were just sitting there in the hallway, and there's chairs around the hallway uh, with their but, hands like this going, but why did he not pull? And you're yeah. just like, what are you doing? I don't know. Yeah. One. It, it, it's I, over. I, was the I wasn't there. I don't ride for Slovenia. I don't ride for Belgium. I wasn't even in the, I didn't even finish the race. No idea. Don't ask me. Um, and But, but that was just like someone had died. Someone who, had died. That who, was, who wants to be around that? You've just finished the race. You don't want to be sitting yeah. around these drunk Belgians sitting around going, oh, who oh. put? Uh, just tell. Sometimes, George, you just got to show some balls. And when they say, hey, do you want to stop for a beer? You say, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, did, I didn't get that far. I suffered through. I suffered through and then I, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Three Belgies. Oh, man, that better. Well, he's an asshole, eh? He won't it's good, it's good. You go and have a beer. You go and have a beer with them, but you won't reply to our WhatsApp messages. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh man. Hey, Bills. Right. Um, yeah. We got to mention. We got to mention uh, our mates. Unlike last yeah. week. Yeah. Amilla dot com. Now, what do what do you want people to do? Because we're going to announce a winner next week. Ten thousand dollars US. What? You know what? I think. What you're going to say isn't what we want them to do. I think what we want them to do is to subscribe an email address and then we yeah. pick an, a winner yeah. from that. Yeah, but I, I set that on your WhatsApp and I was, your- hoping, I was hoping you and Caitlin would set up that website address and get it so that we could start. Yeah, but that, we can, that, can be, that can be up by the time we release this. That can be up. You reckon? Oh, I reckon we oh, do that for the next ones, eh? Next, next week. Next we, week we'll, we'll have a website address. 
we've got to give this award away. Okay, so what George is referring to is that we put we put on social media a few days ago that we've been we had a big afternoon of planning, and the social distance podcast team is working on some very exciting things. That is true. We're working on a new logo, some merchandise, a website where you can subscribe to uh, for bonus. Is content. it exciting? I mean, it's it's yeah. I mean, it's it's I don't know. It's, it's, it's something. Okay, mate. So we're going to give away plenty of free shit. Yeah. Put it that yeah, way. That's so you, you'll be able to you'll be able to subscribe to this website, which will have giveaways. Um, you know, all sorts of bloody crap like that. Oh, anyway, we're going to go crazy. Crazy. We're going to go mental, mental, but it's not ready yet. So we do have to give away this award, this this award. We do have to give away this prize to the Miller Resorts Maltese. Um, yep. So what we need you to do now is to win this award. We will announce the winner ne on next week's show. So you're going to have to listen to this show and next week's show to know if you've won it. Um, yep. mm. Subscribe, share, go on to our social distance podcast Instagram, follow us. About five, six, seven, eight, ten photos down, you'll find a very specific photo which looks like a beachside resort. You can't miss it. It's the yep. Maldives. It's the Miller Resort over water cabin in the Maldives. You can't miss it. Go onto that post, tag three people who you would hate to spend. We want it to be funny. So tag three people who you would hate to take to the Maldives. And we're going to take, we're going to pick, pick a random winner. Funny comments, for example, I might tag Dan Jones, George Bennett, Kate Fielder, and say, "I'd hate to be in the Maldives with Dan Jones because you know he wouldn't share the beers, and George Bennett would, you know, want to rub sunscreen on my back, and Caitlin would be painting shoes, or you know, like just something funny, something out there, and we'll pick a random winner. Something, we will announce it something week. funnier than that. Yeah, it doesn't need <laughs> to be funny. Right. I think it just needs to. I I don't mind an abusive <laughs> bit of passive yeah, aggressive. A bit of abuse. Yeah, yeah, just anything. You know, I just, just feel like. Something you want to get up your chest. If there's yeah, something, you know, I don't, want to go, our eye. I don't want to go with George Bennett because he eats Pringles on a podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, exactly. there you go. Oh. Any, just anything that catches our eye, but you must tag three people in there yep. so that they can see the post. They can see, uh, we, 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 we're giving you guys a $10,000 bloody holiday in the Maldives for five nights. We want to benefit from it ourselves. So well, you need to share our bloody crap. Yeah. Well, Jason, hey, um, Jason from Amilla is, is giving him that. Yeah. Oh, All hang right. on. We've got a nibble. We've got a Are nibble. We, yeah. Who's this? Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Hey. <laughs> You're in the Not Maldives, Nockley. How's it going? What? Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. So I've, I've bailed on the Jira. I'm actually uh, starting the, you know, bit of a holiday. Look at this. <laughs> Here we go. Have a look at that. Check it out. Yeah. Not bad. Hey, living the high hey, See, have you met Jonesy before? Uh, no. no, we've not met. We've not met. All right, quick introduction. This is James Knox, uh, quick step rider. He's in Sicily about to embark on the Giro d'Italia. He also was at the Worlds with me. He was far better than me, um, and he looks in good nick to go. What do you know? Downhill time trial. Bit of you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck, downhill time trial. Uh, that's going to be a laugh, isn't it? I think it's like a K up and then... Six five or six k downhill down into Palermo, big left hander, and then along the promenade to finish. So it's not. Is it actually um, like a proper downhill, or is it just like oh, a it's big time, flat? big time downhill, mate? It's like six or eight percent all the way down. No, you go from like three three hundred meters at the top down to sea level, and then yeah, that's the race. So I'm regretting Thanks, being oh, fifty eight kilos right now. What's Felipe, Felipe Gana will probably take enough time in that time trial to hold on to the yellow jersey, yeah. the, the yellow jersey, the pink jersey up Etna four days later. Yeah, I reckon he will. Oh, um, last time you went into a grandee, Noxie, 
I remember you telling yeah. me that you went on a steak diet. You just like you just I just need to get strong, and you were just getting yeah. up. Or you going like one in the morning, you just cook a steak. How's that working? It's out? very simple. Yeah, it's very simple. I mean, what makes you better? What makes you stronger? Steak. Um, so I, came <laughs> <up with laughs> the I was feeling weak. I ate steak. Um, so yeah, I was getting up, having a bit of steak for breakfast. Obviously, with a bowl of cereal. Getting back from a ride, maybe have a bit of steak, um, and then I'd have a normal dinner, but you know. Bit of steak before bed. Um, I mean, my roommate was horrified. He was absolutely horrified. Just a apartment stuck of me, but um, went well. So, yeah. oh man. So you Matt went the opposite. You, you went the opposite of Thomas De Gent. So when Thomas De Gent ran third in the Giro, he went off the sausages, and you ran yeah. tenth in the Vuelta or eleventh in the Vuelta, and you and your first grandy was it? Or well, yeah, more or less your first grandy. Let's call it. Let's call yeah, it your first grandy. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and you went. You know, he went away from the sausages and he went deep on the carne, well, on the red meat. Well, the load, the, the idea was I'd load. So I'd get the meat in before the race, you know, get the iron stalls up, get, you know, just the general goodness that's in a cow. Um, and then, yeah, <laughs> by the time I got to week three, I was still going all right. I was still strong. Still does riding it, does well. it make you gassy if you eat too much meat? I oh, know, you know, if I'm chowing down on too I much mean, carnivore. Whoa. It's probably not. I mean, I think if you were analysing the day by day stools, it probably wouldn't be pretty. But other than that, it was all right. <laughs> hey, who've you got in your squad? What's what's uh, Shane Archibald doing? Is he get? Where's he racing at the moment? Um, he's in. Uh, he's in Bing Bank, I think. Is that right? I think he's in Bing Bank. Yeah, he's in Big Bank. Nobs in Bing Bank. So you didn't. Rimco obviously not on the start line. Um, are you going to? You seriously? Are you seriously going to put one of those Pringles back in your mouth? <laughs> yeah, show show a bit of respect. <laughs> nah. Who who have you got in your squad, Noxy? Um, yeah, no, we uh we had a bit we had big, big ambition for this Giro. We were gonna come here with Remco and we we're gonna come here with Fabio. But obviously, nasty injuries have uh scuppered that for the team and for those boys. Uh they're still on the the recovery. But uh we've got we've got Alvaro Hodge for the sprints, we've also got a uh, Ballerini. Uh, lead out man, but it's also good for the punchy sprints. Um, and then, yeah, uh, Kaiser, uh, Peter Seri, uh, who else have we got? Myself, you Almeida, Masnada. You even a crack at GC, Noxie? Um, I think I'll just play it like uh, the Vuelta, to be honest. Just have a double, stay in there for as long as I can. But if I start losing time, there's also the opportunity to get in some nice breakaways, try and jump back up the classification. I'll go for stage wins. So, Imagine yeah, stage not, wins, yeah. yeah, not really, not really too stressed. Are they doing the COVID bubbles like the tour at the Giro this year? Yep, I think so. Yeah. I'm probably a bit strict as the tour, but they're still, they're still doing it. <laughs> Noxy just like his club right now, spraying huh? it around. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bubbles tight. <laughs> uh, hey, good the, man, Noxy. The best right. thing about the Giros was the Parmesan wheels, I reckon, at the, at the buffet. At the yeah. at the finish of the stages, but I reckon those palms and wheels would be just about on the way out. No buffets covered, I, mate. No. I had my yeah. first um, bad experience, the culinary experience, when I was in Imola. I don't know if Imola's exempt from the the you know like the general vibe of Italian food, but I just had a shocking hotel, and they just I had French style. I think maybe it was a French chef, but I was just getting soggy pasta. I was getting. I don't know. We, we were in um, we were in San Pietro. Where were you, Noxie? Where was GB? You guys were probably in somewhere ritzy. 
Oh, we actually in a really nice hotel. Yeah, we were. Yeah, uh, you were, yeah, okay. <laughs> near Bologna, and then we stayed there. I stayed there anyway a couple of days after the race to come here. So yeah, it was all right. Doesn't Parmesan cheese come from Emilia Romagna? Uh, I think it's a South thing, mate. I think it's a. Uh, uh, I think. Like, no, no, no. You're right. There's a different one, isn't it? Pecorini, Pecorino, or something. That's the Southern version, and then there's a. Uh, yeah, the standard stomach vinegar. Yeah, that's definitely like Modena and all that. Mm. I mean, so you me. just got you just had a shit hotel, GB, because that's a great region okay. for food. All right, I just thought yeah. it was just. Hey, not actually, actually on the balsamic vinegar. Have you ever had? Have you ever OD'd on balsamic vinegar where you get like the the cheekburn? We spoke about this last week on the episode, and everyone looked at me like I had three fucking heads. No, I've not had that, mate. Your foreheads there. Oh shit! Have, oh, a, no. have a scull of that and see how you go. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't Thanks think you're supposed time, to drink. Mate. Yeah. Okay, boys. Enjoy. Thank you. Good. Good luck. Go Thanks for go coming in, on. Yeah. Okay. Thank good you. Bye. Cheers, mate. He's a good Noxie. guy. Good on um, should we step into our, our year then? What do you reckon? Yep. What, are we, what yep. are we doing? We're going to go back to a year that is way better, way better than 2020. 2020 has been an absolute bag of shit. Uh, <laughs> we're talking <laughs> mid, mid 80s, 1985. Now, Bowling you know for Soup or what was the band name Colin they wrote a song about? Bowling for oh, Colin Mondays. Bond. I don't know. Mondays. Yeah. Boom, Boomtown Rats. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what comes to mind when the only, like the thing that as soon as you said 85, the only thing that really stands out for me was the Rainbow Warrior. Mm. Yeah. So explain us what, what okay. that was the green, so, the Greenpeace boat. That yeah. So what it was, um, that was like, it was the first, uh, was it the first? Maybe anyway, international terror. Basically what happened was these two, the French, there was, they were nuclear testing on the Motorola Atoll and you know, New Zealand, which has been the French Polynesia, French Polynesia. Yeah, and um, Rainbow Warrior was a Greenpeace protest ship, and they were just being absolute pests to the French. And they were they were doing a great job. They were, you know, basically just going out to the atoll, and then they couldn't drop nukes. And so the French uh, government just do like, um, how do they do it? I think they actually sent a couple of it was yeah, a couple it was, uh, of agents, but they 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 were. Was it not that they they like, were they came in under tourism? They were like two French tourists. They were like undercover um, French intelligent agents, two of them. Yeah, mm. and, and they they just sort of snuck in, and then the the French didn't claim; they denied it. Like, was what happened is they bombed it, they shunk the ship, killed a couple, of, killed two people, I think. One, no, one, one, one guy, one. photographer. Yeah, it was guy. a Portuguese photographer. Mm. Yeah, sunk the ship in the Auckland Harbour. And the French had to pay eight million bucks in uh, well, compo. The, the French denied it um, that it was their agency, and eventually they worked. They said, "Oh yeah, fuck, all right." So the, those those two, I don't. I think they, they must have got deported, but they got done for like a number of crimes, obviously, um, mm. as you would ex- expect when you bomb a boat and someone dies. Um, yeah, it's sort of hard to cover up that. <laughs> Um, but so they got done for a couple of things. So that was yeah, that was that happened in 1985. That's that's a pretty big moment. It wasn't a New Zealand ship though, was it? It was just docked in New Zealand at this yeah, point. Yeah, docked in New Zealand. Yeah, mm. yeah. But well, every Kiwi remembers that. I got I got a couple of good notes. Um, there was a new Coke recipe. I think you told me about that. Yeah, Bills. yeah, the new and Coke then, recipe. Yeah. And it went to shit, and had to go back Coca-Cola. to the old one. Coca Cola. We're talking about. 
Coca Cola, oh. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and then and uh, then Pepsi, I think, got a bit of a run on because the the new recipe tasted like shit, so they had to go back to the old one. Yeah. And then you've got Jordan, one Rookie of the Year, uh, Back to the Future, George, one of your favourite films. Have you oh, seen yeah. it yet? Have you seen? Have it? you not seen Back to the Future? Still, but I was watching. It was the I number like one I'm... movie of 1985. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely um, you know killed what, it. Do you know what? Um, this is relevant for the later in the show, but do you know what? I couldn't believe this. You must feel the same way as I felt this morning when I learned that Caitlin had never seen Wayne's World. What? Oh. Party time! Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Um, you've also got Bill's. You know, one of the the biggest moments of 1985 by a mile would have to be moment. greatest moment was when uh, they released We Are the World. Oh, that was gelled off. <laughs> well, that started, say, that, 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 that started no, I was, it. I was going to say that when Gorbachev became the leader of the Soviet Union, into the Cold War. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. That was that was a big moment. But they but released... We are the world, Jackson, Michael Jack, this, I'm thinking of Live Aid. But We Are the World was Jackson. That started it. That started it. MJ, oh, right. Lionel Richie, and it sold 20 million copies. It's the eighth highest selling single of all time. And fucking Dan Aykroyd sang on it. When I was looking at the research, <laughs> I was like, they got all these hitters. You know, you got bloody MJ, Lionel Richie, Kenny Rogers, and there's Dan Aykroyd in the background. Ghostbusters. He that, is, he, he's instead of Ghostbusters, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the actor. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Well, then that obviously put, led to, to Live Aid. Mm. So, um, Bills, you know, obviously, a bit about Live Aid. I've got a few notes here. One of the things I learned, why do you keep planting things. this stuff on me? Why do I know? Well, because you were, you, were, you, you were alive then, mate. But you you rang me the other day in a, in a right royal state. You went on a Live Aid rant about how good the show was, and obviously you're a big Queen fan. But a couple of little zingers about Live Aid. 1.9 billion viewers in 150 countries. They used 13 satellites. They raised 125 mil, and there were 65 acts. But there's a couple of, uh, you know, I love a good conspiracy theory. There's one scene, so you two, all the bands are trying to outdo each other, right? So everyone now just talks about Queen. But you two did a performance and Bono's playing, right? And he sees a, a woman in the crowd, like, getting crushed. And he jumps off the stage and he goes through the security and pulls her out and he saves her and they do this hug and all this sort of stuff. And it's and when I was Googling it, they were saying, like, you know, Bono saved a woman's life. Um, but then the conspiracy theory is it was all bullshit. Like it was all like a setup, like just to get I attention. Could see, I could see that from Bono. I mean, he's the kind of guy that just puts his whole album on your iTunes without asking for it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I feel like it's it's not, you know, it's not out of the realms of possibility. Mm, and then I, I always wonder that with any of those um, concerts, you know, when like Michael Bublé gets like some singer up from the crowd, like I oh, come up and he starts singing and he's got this unbelievable voice. Like, come yeah. on, that wasn't set up. Yeah, yeah. Um, no. So the song, Do They Know It's Christmas Time? You know, when everyone comes together, Live mm -hmm. Aid comes together and they sing this. Have yeah. you guys ever seen the video and seen how unenthusiastic Bob Dylan is? I mean, Bob <laughs> Dylan is the most, the biggest recluse ever, but he's just going there, sitting there, zooming on at one stage and he's just. He's just thinking, fucking shoot me, you know. Like, he, he, he got given the no, uh, he got given the Nobel, not the Nobel Peace Prize. What did he get given? What award did he get? 
Yeah, so literature, uh, some, something about literature. Oh, no, yeah, he's a poet. He, he's, he, I mean, he's not. I mean, I love Bob Dylan. I went and saw him live once. Actually, I saw oh, he came to New Zealand, so we went down to Christchurch to see Bob Dylan. I think Julian Dean went at the same concert, right? Well, he, he kind of he, he runs a bit of a Julian Dean vibe. Um, he <laughs> he walks out, right? So he's sitting there, we're just in the stadium, and he walks out. He doesn't even look at the crowd, he's just staring at the ground, walks over to his piano mumbles some incomprehensible songs from some blues album. You know, he's not playing anything that anybody knows. You know, it's probably something from, you know, I don't know. No, the only song I recognise, I think, was like... Something Dan Aykroyd wrote. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then at one point, halfway through the song, he just has enough. He just gets up and leaves. No, what? no encore, nothing. He just buggers off. And then we were just like... But it was almost that was almost art. That was the art of it. It was like yeah, well, Bob he, just he got he, he he won the Nobel Prize for literature, and he in twenty sixteen, and he he flicked it. He's like, I don't want that fucking thing. I just really? want I, yeah. I just want I just want to cone and write some songs. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you hear about Phil Phil Collins at Live Aid? He played at Wembley, then flew to Philadelphia to play uh, four hours later. It was a few so, that did that. I think Elton John, maybe few, got I on their thought, planes. Really? I thought I Phil Collins was the only one. Did you ever hear the might, story might of the Phil Collins song um, in the year tonight? <laughs> did you ever hear the rumor of of of? Um, yeah. You know how there's the urban myths that go around schools when you're young, yeah. and yeah, the song that was going this the the myth that was going around my college was. Um, no, it was worldwide. He wrote that. Oh, was this worldwide? Okay. So that he wrote the song in the air tonight because his friend was drowning, right? And there was a guy there that in this in this sea or in the river or something that could have saved him and didn't. And so what Phil Collins did, this is I think this is absolute bullshit, but he apparently sent this guy a couple of tickets to his house and said, Mate, um, you know, I'm playing here, here's a couple of free tickets. So he Cam comes into the concert, he figures out what road he's on, and then he starts to play the song. They turn all the lights out. Spotlight just goes on this guy, and um, played the whole song with the spotlight on this guy, We've saying, played. "I was there. I saw what you did. I saw <laughs> yeah. it with my own two eyes." <laughs> and yeah, just, and then, okay. <laughs> and then the guy went home and topped himself. Yeah. So that, was. that was this. Yeah. That was a story for a long, long time worldwide, and Phil Collins stayed real quiet on it when he was questioned. Oh, and, um, you'd feel you'd feel pretty average. And then he came out. <laughs> he came out not long ago, like in the last ten years, and said, "No, nah, I actually wrote that song because my missus left me." So about it was about divorce. She cheated on me or something, something like that. It's pretty. Like, oh, well, it's pretty specific <laughs> to somebody drowning in a lake, though. I mean, yeah. I think yeah. there's even the line, "You saw he was drowning." Yeah. Or something like that. There was definitely a line yeah, about. But he's talking about his missus. She didn't pay attention. Yeah. No, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, um, so my notes on Phil, right? He had to, and I don't. Bills, I've done research. I think um, I don't think Elton John did any of this shit. Phil took a helicopter from Wembley straight to Heathrow. Then when he got on the Concorde, there's like this big record um, radio producer who controls all the airways in the state. So Phil Collins is like, oh, shit, this is awesome. I'm going to get all my songs played on the airways. Then when he landed in the States, they said, oh, look, you're going to be playing with some uh, members of Led Zeppelin. 
It's like, oh, okay, we'll just have a bit of a bash around. Then it got built up as this reunion show for Led Zeppelin. He's like, oh, fuck, that's a bit of pressure. And he's he's slapping away on the drums. And then uh, it, they reckon that the Led Zeppelin sucked and got shit canned. <laughs> And um, he says here, when he landed in Philly, he thought things would be low-key. Um, Robert Plant was happy to see Phil, but Jimmy Page wasn't. And Page blamed <laughs> Phil for fucking up the show. And then <laughs> Collins minces no words in the in this Q interview saying, uh, it was a disaster, really. Robert wasn't match fit. His voice and Jimmy was out of it, and he was dribbling. He goes, it wasn't my fault. It was crap. If I could have walked off, I would have. But everyone would be talking about Phil Collins walking off Light Aid, so I just stuck it out. So and it must have been like, shit ass. And you think you, this was when Stairway to Heaven was like, well, it still is the, the best song ever written. But like this Stairway to Heaven had come out like in like I think it was like the late seventies or something, no, early eighties. No, 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 before that. Oh before that. Oh, before that. Oh, what happened like, was mid, John mid nineties or mid nineties or something. Didn't they release <laughs> um didn't they release Led Zeppelin? Didn't they release Stairway to Heaven at Live Aid? Wasn't that the first time it was ever sung? I don't yeah. know. Anyway, so, no. But so it was, a, it was a massive belter, this song. And it was shit. You, you go like and watch. I've watched. So every New Year's that? Eve, every New Year's Eve, me and my mate, we, um, you know, we go to the, go to like a concert or something, we go to the pub, and then we come back to his beach house and we open a bottle of gin and we watch the full Live Aid concert on DVD. So good. Oh, yeah. And there's some, my favorite is Elton and George Michael when they did Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. Fuck, they did that well. Yeah. Um, and then, and you then like, they changed New Year's Eve tradition. That's, yeah, like, that's an annual, an annual. I mean, most people were, you know, I mean, how long has this been going for? Like, even when you were, I reckon, started two years. <laughs> two years. That's the tradition. First every of year, first of January, yeah, nineteen ninety-six started. Um, <laughs> no, but you then you watch Led Zeppelin. And you think, oh, oh yeah, here's the way to heaven. It's going to be up. It's shit house. Greatest song ever written. And they sing it. Show shit. You mu it must piss them off because it's like we had such an opportunity there. If we only put the time in, they reckon they only re rehearse for like an hour or whatever. But looking back, they're like, man, if we had to nail that or we had to done a bono stunt, pluck someone out of the crowd or just just had a crack. But yeah, do, you know what, do you know what's hard about Live Aid? Do you know what's real hard about Live Aid is that you had these songs like Stairway to Heaven. Bohemian Rhapsody, they're running like eight minutes, you know, these songs. They only yeah. had a they only had a 22 minute set. Every every band only had a allocation of 22 minutes. That's why mm. Queen, that's why Queen didn't sing all of Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, so they're trying to like bang these songs out. Like, like, oh, everyone wants to hear Stairway to Heaven. Fuck's taking up two thirds of our set. We can't sing anything else if we do all of that, you know. So they're rushing it through so they can sing some other some other something else, you know. And um and they got and they've got Phil Collins. Fucking up the drums. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, Not imagine you, you see the photos of Wembley like that. Imagine COVID then. Like there was 120, 140,000 people or something in Wembley. Like if you see the footage of it, they're in there like sardines. Like there's no no one's going, oh, excuse me, just got to get out to the Port of Luz, you know, like 12 mm. hour, uh, 12 hour concert. Wherever you are, uh, that's where you're stuck. That's mate. it. That's yeah. it. Hey, last ep, we talked about 69, we talked about Woodstock. If you could go to one of the two, where would you go? Live Aid. Really? Yeah. Mate, Woodstock, we told you last week, they dropped pickle sandwiches from the sky, mate. <laughs> yeah, that, it just sounds like, it sounds like there was a bit more sort of community spirit at Woodstock. I mean, I just feel like you you survived Woodstock. I mean, you go to Live Aid and you survive Woodstock. Yeah, but imagine, yeah. Come, you know, imagine when, when the cops came out on stage there at Wembley 
and they were like, we've had a noise complaint from Susan in Belgium. Uh, yeah. We are going to have to ask you to turn the music down. And then they go, rah, rah. Actually, turn it up. Her Majesty, the Queen. The Queen. And then Freddie comes out like with his pole and he's got AIDS and he's fucking ripping into it, you know? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> All stuff yeah, getting but... better than that. No, I, I would say I would go. I would have gone Woodstock. Yeah, but that's, yeah, you're a hippie. I'm not surprised. Yeah, you are a hippie. Yeah, you're a hippie at heart. That's because. Well, spe- yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of um, mm. speaking of other random shit from 1985, that the Night Stalker got captured. Do you know much about the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez? No. Real do- Night real- Stalker. Yeah, he's a real dodgy bastard. Like he was um, going around LA from '84 to '85. Um, oh, was that um, Manson, Charles Manson? Oh, it's the serial killer we're talking about. The serial killer. This is not live yeah. aid now. This is like okay. some random, random crook shit. So uh, he got caught. He killed 14 people, and then he was convicted of all charges: 13 counts of murder, five attempted murders, all this sort of shit. But you know, we always talk about going down rabbit holes. So it talked about relationships on Wikipedia, like romantic relationship, and it says, see also hybristophilia. And I'm like, hybristophilia? What is that? Click that. And it says, is a a paraphilia in which sexual arousal, facilitation, and uh, attainment of orgasm are responsive to and contingent upon being with a partner known to have committed an outrage cheating, lying, known infidelities or crime such as rape and murder. So it doesn't matter how crook these people are, they get, you know, they always get these cult followings in jail, like mm. sending them letters and all this sort of shit. Like he was married, like after that, like he got inundated with love letters, got married in the prison, and then like that didn't work out. Surprise, surprise. Like I think, uh, you know. But that- didn't David Bain end up with a, with a wife through, through jail as well? I mean, that was probably less of a serial killer vibe and more of a... But, I mean, I, I think he, he, you know, I think... Who's David Bain? like a bad boy. Oh, he was a... Oh, it's a story for another time, I suppose. Hey? <laughs> He's <laughs> another story, David Bain. <laughs> Kiwis, New Zealanders know who he is. Yeah, right. um, We've done done well in 1985, haven't we? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we did, yeah. Gorbachev, though, he became Soviet leader into the Cold well, War. Nintendo, Nintendo debuted. Duck mm. Hunt. I mean, Duck everyone Hunter. had Duck yeah. Hunt. Duck Hunter. Mm. Yeah, that was awesome. And then yeah. uh, Rocky Four. I oh, just randomly, did you know they're doing another Borat? Borat Two yeah, is I coming out. Yeah, 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 next yeah. month. Yeah, that's gonna be awesome. What? Oh, right. notable, notable birth from '85. When was Wolf Van Hart born? He wasn't. Uh, nineteen ninety-five, I think. Decade yeah. Really. Yeah, he's a 26. Oh, my God, that's scary, eh? Yeah, it's nuts. Probably How's this? How's this? Though? I've got a oh. teammate, uh, you know, young um, Stin. He's born in 2000 mm. or 2001. I've got a couple of teammates that were born in 2000. That's disgusting. Yeah. That's bullshit. 2000. At some point in your career, at least in my career, I'll be riding with kids, with people that were born when I turned pro. Mm, Does no. That make sense? No, you won't. Yes. Because. Oh, uh, you, yeah, you, you could. You could. Exactly. Yeah. You'd have to be I fucking motivated. <laughs> I went pro when I was 20. 
Um, uh, yeah, 20, uh, 21. Make it to, yeah, it, it'll happen. If I make it to 38, there'll be a couple of 18 year olds. Mm. Where, when do you reckon you're going to ride I'll to? Be, I'll be like, gone. Do, do, you, do you set a mental cap at some point? I reckon in I'm career, halfway. Or... I reckon I'll make it to 38, 39. Yeah? It depends. If I keep running these outrageous schedules, I'm doing a whole season of racing in about three months. Mm. Yeah. So this isn't real sustainable. But um, on a normal year, it's not too bad. you got to you got to get injured every two years or every 12 months like me. You get a little breather. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> longevity in your career. You, right. you you leave your career on a Zimmer frame, walking around like a guy with fucking strip. What is it? You know when the people get those things in their hands from riding too much? What's it called? Yeah, the claw hand. Yeah, yeah like you leave, I, you leave your career like that, but you get a few extra years out of it. Um, Speaking of um, going downhill, um, I think our legend rebellion today. He took a pretty big dive, didn't he? Yeah, sort of new again. Mike Mike Myers. Mike I reckon Mike Myers. There's there's a website called meanstars.com and basically people can put in like little experiences with all celebrities and they vote if they are mean, uh if they are uh, nice or if they're um okay. And Mike Myers comes up 70 67% mean uh and 33% uh, okay, mm, and there's sure it, it all geez. comes out a couple of stories. So one, is that is that block voting or is it or one? It's rock, block one voting. So the, the, this was voted by Italy, France, and Spain. Um, and so I love this story, like the mean story on Mike Myers. Right? It says I had a friend from out of state swinging through town. We met in New York City for lunch and a couple of drinks. We we're eating at this bar, and I see further down that Mike Myers. Is at the under, other end of the bar watching a soccer game on TV and drinking a beer. I'd never encountered a celebrity before and didn't want to say some obtrusive, I oh, didn't want to be some obtrusive asshole. But prior to paying our tab, I walked over and said, Hey, Mike, I'm a big fan. Can I buy you a beer? And without even turning to look at me, he says, I can afford my own drinks, asshole. Save your money for the next, <laughs> save my money for the, my next movie. I stood there speechless for a second and embarrassedly turned back to my spot at the bar. We paid our tab and split without saying a word. I really felt like a dickhead. <laughs> that's, that, that's not bad for a mold mic, though. It's a good response. Yeah. And then one more. Um, this is he got voted, like, okay. My then nine-year-old son found Myers shopping at some food land back in 2001, and the nine-year-old said to him, what are you doing here? And by the time I turned corner into the aisle, he smiled and said, I'm visiting. What are you doing here? Mike's then wife stuck to the shopping stone face. And that's it. <laughs> so he got voted. Okay. <laughs> but, People just I, go, yeah, I saw him. He said, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm visiting. Like, that's it. Okay. What the what fuck was the point start? of it? What was the point? It's called meanstars.com. <laughs> Get all your ranking on all your stars. Hey, uh, you seen... Any Sam Gildy encounters on there? Oh, jeez. Um, I reckon if it was people floating around Girona, there'd be some crackers. But he, he was notoriously hard to work with by the sound of things, eh? I, yeah. I, I, I saw when he was filming Wayne's World, he lost his mm. shit one day because he he flipped the lunch table over. So 
as you can imagine on set, it's probably a pretty big lunch table. Dealing with superstars is, I'm sure, is a smorgasbord of options. You know, your Atlantic salmons, you know, your little your venison tarts. I don't know. You got everything. But there was, mm. there was no margarine. There was only butter. So he upended the whole table. Whew, just flipped it all yeah. up. And then went and spent, didn't come out of his trailer for like four or five hours. Yeah. And then after that, and that's, that's just a one example of how he, how he was. Yeah, because the, yeah, the, the director of the film lifted the lid on that. She dobbed him in. So well, I she, reckon it she, happened. She, she declined um, Wayne's Will too. She said, no, yeah, fucking, way. no fucking way I'm working with that guy. No but he way. also he also just shut it down because she was saying, "Oh, we want to put um, uh, instead of you know the, the famous scene where they where they're doing Bohemian Rhapsody, that, mm. that becomes like the the sort of everlasting scene of that movie." They the director wanted a different song. I think she wanted like um, Zeppelin or something, mm. and and Myers just said, "Oh, we won't make." They that heard movie. it from Live Aid. Yeah, they, he just said, "Oh, <laughs> fuck it, whatever." We won't, we won't do it then. Shut it down, walked off, and then eventually they had to put his song in. And he was right. I mean, it's a good movie. Do you know what? Every time I see now from that movie, every time I walk past a guitar shop and I see a, a Stratocaster guitar in the window, I just get the Dreamweaver, the Dreamweaver song yeah. playing in my head. Or, or you go, oh, yes, it will be mine. Oh, yes. <laughs> the, the one story I hated to hear, right, was Dana Carvey, the guy who plays um, Garth, uh, mm. He came up with the voice um, for Doctor Evil, and it was a piss take of the boss of uh, Saturday Night Live, mm. and it, it really messed him up for twenty years because it becomes such an iconic character. And Mike Myers ripped this off him. I've got a snippet. This is what Dana said on um, uh, the Howard Stern show, I think, four or five years ago. I have a lot of affection for him. I mean, the, the but was there a rift thing, over the Doctor Evil character? We never really talked about it. I I talked about it to the therapist, and I I basically let it go. Mm. No, the, you need a therapy. He hasn't. He knows Mike Myers is so big, and he's just going to rip him a new one like those poor pricks at the New York City bar. Just <laughs> keep the peace. But, but that that you know, creatively, that's shit. That, that is shit, shit ass. Yeah, like that would never happen on this show. Everyone, this is <laughs> yeah, we never, we never rip off other shows. Well, we've got nothing. Well, we've got nothing to rip off each other either. But um, he, so he's renowned. He's a world famous actor. Austin Powers, iconic roles, Wayne's World. You know all these things. But he's actually won awards for. He won. Was it, was it called a Razzie? I think. Yeah, the Raspberry. Raspberry. Yeah. So the he's Ra- won. Razzie. For, yeah. He's won one for worst actor, worst yeah. screenplay, and worst mm. movie title, all for his movie called The Love Guru. Yeah, it's one of the worst films of all time. Yeah. Absolute shocker. And he loves and- role play. He competed at the 2006 World Dungeon and Dragons Championships. Mm. It's like that what movie, a- ro- that yeah. movie Role Models, you know? Yeah. You know when they are yeah. on Role Models? Yeah. yeah. Mike Myers Full was there. Full-blown nerd. Mm. But... You know, you've got to give him credit. I suppose Wayne's World is pretty iconic. And, yeah, that's great. Um, and Austin Powers. And Shrek. Shrek. You know, like he's done a lot of good stuff. So he got paid three uh, million for the Shrek one and ten million for Shrek two. Did he? Yeah, that's some serious and, cash, though. And and the thing is, is I actually, as much as like you know, he got rated 
being a mean prick on mean stars. I actually respect, like, he just didn't yeah, back down. He's not just an arsehole. Like, yeah. if someone insulted me like that, I'll, you know it's hard to be that insulted, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And also it's hard to understand. Like, I, I, I've said on the show a, a while ago that when I was watching Breaking Bad, I also read the book of Brian Cranston, the, the, the main actor, Walter White. Um, mm. And he talks about how his how he wraps his head around being famous, you know, like going from being a small, being like not not knowing, you know, to being not not able to walk down the street and without people harassing him or asking, not even harassing, just asking, say hi or an autograph or a photo or I'm a big yeah. fan, all that stuff. It's got to wear you down. So it's it's really hard from our side of the fence to be able to say, oh, I just give the nine year old in the shopping in the supermarket a little bit more than oh, I'm just visiting, but. So they're probably just like fuck's sakes. Hey. The only the only time I've ever seen that like in the flesh and had to sort of experience it was when we were at the Fuelta, remember, with Esteban mm. or the Giro when he ran second. Remember trying to get him from the stage like to the bus and all that, and just the Colombian fans that would just grab him and get the selfies and all that. And then after a while, you're just like, oh, this is just shit. Mm. Like the Madrid was worse. I remember Madrid when he got third. Remember Damo did that massive pull on the break, yeah. and then he, he, I think he chopped Conador or something. For Conor, yeah. And I remember this, the fans in Madrid. It was out of control. Mm. Um, how weird was that? Like thinking back, I cringe when I think back to the fact that you could have a crowd of people around. Like, is yeah. you know, like that you could walk through this crowd and they would be like. Of course, we got sick every grand tour we did. Oh, before we go, um, Caitlin, Caitlin, yeah, build a fine art.com. Make yeah. sure Didn't you we already do this. Yeah, no, every, every week we're gonna, we're, we're gonna, gonna give her a she's, she's a fourth member of the team, so we are working on some pretty cool things behind the scenes, guys. Merchandise, new logos, a website, um, a number of different options. For you guys to have, and Caitlin is playing a big part in that. So she is the fourth member, the silent member of this team. So she deserves a shout out. That's right. And she's and the only Nick, one of the she's the only one in the bloody Bennett Fielder household that replies to any WhatsApp messages. So she's yeah. more than welcome to say. She's blue cheek <laughs> Bennett reply. It's awesome. Um, and I reckon next week uh, we can almost guarantee that we'll have Wood Bernard on to make his taboo on the social distance podcast. Is it uh, next week, um, Rubay week? No, oh, it's 25th of October. Next, the Giro starts, doesn't it? Next the week's Amstel. There's tomorrow. nothing. There's nothing. No, Amstel's been cancelled. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing on. Right. How weird is this? That a few days ago there was snow at one of my in Andorra, right? So they're closing the roads, whatever. And we decided to head to the beach for like a couple of nights, and and then I was swimming in the sea, and it was just everything was weird. I was like, "There's snow in the mountains. I'm swimming in the sea." There's it's October and there's two grand tours to go and a stage of Big Bank. There's a rest day in the Big Bank tour and you know it's just I just for like one minute I just went man this is just the weirdest. Well, I'm know? up in Andorra now. I'm up in Andorra now and it's bloody beautiful looking out the window here and uh, I've funny story about Andorra. So last time we did an episode when we were in Andorra, I was in George's apartment um, recording the episode. There's been some changes in um, living situations up here. George has got a new place just below us. Um, I've moved out of my apartment. And I've moved into George's old apartment, which is where I recorded the episode. Um, so that's the afternoon's job is to move my stuff from my current apartment that I'm 
giving up and moving it into my new apartment, which is George's old apartment. And I'm currently recording this episode in Lucas Hamilton's apartment. <laughs> well, I didn't follow any of that. Where are you? <laughs> I got in Andorra. I've got two apartments. I currently have two apartments in the same building in Andorra, and I'm recording this episode in someone else's. Okay. Um, before we go, what's the go for the last six weeks? No one's been talking about this vaccine for coronavirus. Is it not going to happen? Like, when it's are we getting the vaccine? Yeah, I read. I was reading about this the other day, and um, there's there's been a few setbacks. There's another case of neuralgia. But what I'm really need a vaccine for... What's neuralgia? Yeah, what the hell is neuralgia? Don't, don't say, hey, doc, <laughs> don't skip over neuralgia. That sounded serious. What does what that is mean? It? What does I've it mean? Of, I've heard of nostalgia. Yeah, what's neuralgia? Uh, is um, that like in future nostalgia? What is um, it? He's Googling it. He doesn't even know. <laughs> it's a rat. <laughs> What's this rash? Neurosim- a neurological disease, mate. Um, <laughs> oh, so we oh, caught yeah. we caught we caught you out trying to sound smarter than what you are. You've just thrown a made up word. Yeah, but I knew it started with N, and I I, I don't even I think neuralgia is only part of the issue. Like something neuralgia, neurology, neuralgia. I don't know, mate. Oh, it's, it's gone it's, tits up. Oh, so there's God. neuro problems, neuro issues, neurological issues, ne- neurological issues. Uh, Okay, but I need okay. a vaccine because um, I don't want to do two weeks in. Oh, for many reasons, but obviously the pressing one for me is if you, the quarantine. I'm trying to get my head around that. If we want to come home and see our families, mm. two weeks four. in a hotel, mm. and then two weeks when you get back, isn't it? Is it four weeks all up? And yeah. like, yeah. And yeah. just, oh, just the fact that like the fact that there's like heaps of people dying and stuff as well, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, that might be more relevant. <laughs> All right. All right. No worries. All right. Um, Terrible hit, boys. I loved it. Yep. Yeah, that was a shocker. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll start recording now. Yep. <laughs> do you ever get to the point? Just, do you get to the point where you just go, fuck it, we should actually just start again? See if we can do it better. There's probably 30 minutes of crap we could edit out of that and carry on and make another better episode. All right. Sure, we'll edit, we'll edit 30 bits out and we'll. We could we could edit a lot out of that and you, what you should do is just do a random edit, Jonesy. So just click on ten minutes and then go to thirty minutes and don't listen to it and just go delete and see what it was and then just keep the episode in as it was and see how one thing leads to another. Well there's a bit of there was a bit of just waff like first first time we've just waffled on for a while. Yeah. Do it can I stop recording or what are we doing? <laughs> no, yeah, stop recording. <laughs>